Hello, TSF family, and welcome to season five. Today, we are going to be recapping some of season four and talking about all that is in store for this upcoming season and the third chakra. Enjoy. This spiritual fix. Two mystical mamas hacking the self-help game. With Anna Stromquist and Christina Wiltsy. Hello, Anna. Hello, Christina Wiltsy. It's so nice I can touch you. <laughs> you can touch me. Reach out and touch somebody. We're actually in person and our children are downstairs watching Hocus Pocus. They which are. is very <laughs> fitting that your daughter insisted they watch Hocus Pocus. Yes, which is funny because a friend of mine was like, my daughter's been watching Hocus Pocus since she was two or three. How are your kids not seeing it? And I was like, that's a really good point. How have my kids not yeah. seen it? Like, I would go and watch Hocus Pocus just to be like, you know, nostalgic. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Did you ever watch it? I did watch it. Yeah? A long time ago. The first one is good. The second one leaves something to be desired. Oh, really? It just came out, right? Yeah, it's got that whole thing that movies have these days, which is that it's trying to be too clever, it's trying to be too funny, and then it's just, like, way too easily resolved. Like, everything is, like, almost melodramatic in its resolution, right? The original one felt like there was something to overcome, like it was actually difficult, whereas the other one was like, oh, look, I magically have magic, and... I'm going to stop talking about this because nobody has any context. I can not imagine that many of our listeners have watched it. Um, but everybody, what a way to welcome everybody to season five. <laughs> welcome everybody to season five. We are here with welcome you. Welcome to season five. I can't believe we're in our fifth season. We're about to enter winter again, which means this is our second year. Yeah. We haven't even done two years yet. Like, we're still, like, our, we debuted January 19th, 2021. That's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy, man. Crazy, man. Um, For those of you who've listened along and who have been with us every week, I've noticed that even people who I know who are, like, really into it, some people listen to it every single week, and they're, like, really super on it. And then there are other people who are like a couple seasons behind. Like they kind of go and they take their time. They may re-listen to the mother wound or the primal wounds or something like that. But they're kind of just like slowly going through everything. And if y'all listened to the father wound last year, you will know that Anna was like, that you were having some difficulty with like kind of the feedback with the podcast, right? Yeah. So we have decided a kind of big decision. Oh, okay. Anna's looking at me like, what the fuck are you about to say? Yeah, I was like, wait, what is this? Oh, yeah. Well, it wasn't just because of the feedback. It was also just because I feel like this podcast takes a lot of our time and energy. And also, like, we're doing the shadow work to prepare for each episode. Like, whenever we're talking about a process or a shadow work thing, we're living it. And it's been intense it's been really intense if it's intense to listen to just imagine how freaking intense it is to prepare yeah yeah and we know that a lot of you guys are doing the processes with us we're going to do season five but we're going to change the frequency of when we're releasing episodes so we're probably going to be looking to release it every other week yeah so it'll be every other tuesday instead of every tuesday yep And that will just give both of us more time to focus on other things and it will allow you who listen every now and then to just go at your pace. And for those of you who listen weekly, I hope you're not upset. You can go back and start from start from the beginning again. Yeah. <laughs> There's a yeah. lot of episodes in there. Patreon. We have patrons who support us on Patreon. And we are so grateful for your input and your support and everything throughout the years that we've been doing that for probably the last year since we've had Patreon. And we will be... 
allowing our patrons to go down to a lower level of patronage, or they can stay on the same one that they have. We're going to basically have both options, but we're still going to be doing monthly download gifts. Some of the stuff we've done in the past on Patreon has been, I offered a 10 minute reading for everybody. We offer discounts on all the, the courses. So we have the primal wounds packages and we also have the mother wound course. So we offer discounts to all those things on Patreon. Um, Look at you, Miss Marketing. <laughs> well, I, you and I have both kind of worked our ass off to try and give people good stuff, and I really want. And I, and I just, I just, if you, if you guys want to support us, then we're super happy about it. And there's a lot of really great stuff on page. We're gonna look to improve it as well, and also give that kind of second level of patronage that's like a lower level for anybody, since our frequency will be decreasing. You know, it's really interesting. I have a patient right now and she's in her 80s or 90s and we start talking about spiritual stuff and she's like, oh, like you would never guess it. She just looks like um, the stereotypical Georgia Southern older lady. I want to say gentlewoman, like gentleman, but like, yeah, yeah, lady. And she's like, oh yeah, I was listening to Cry on this morning. It was like this alien channel or something. And I'm yeah, just Chiron, like, Chiron. Chiron. Yeah. yeah. And like, it turns out she's really, really freaking cool and like into all this stuff that we're into. And, and you know, she was like having a, a session with a medium who was tested in Arizona to be one of the 20 mediums on the planet who have undergone rigorous testing to like show to be super psychic. Yeah. And um, she's super cool. And she was saying that, you know, she moved to Atlanta and she's so sad because she used to have a community of women and she just can't find cool women. She's like, everyone here wants to know where I go to church. And I'm just like, I don't go to church. I listen to channeled aliens <laughs> you know, or whatever. She didn't say that, but ba- kind of basically, but she said, you know, I really want this community. And I, and then it hit me like, oh, that's what people mean when they DM us. And they're like, I feel like I found my tribe. Like it's people like her that do think differently, do believe in these things, do have do all this stuff, but don't have the community support. And so like we become that conversation with friends that they might have. Yeah. And so I just it kind of touched me because I was like, oh, that's what people mean when they're like, you're you're the tribe I needed. Yeah. 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 I think it's uh I mean I trust for years I've had this idea of wanting to create like the new church that's like that's like (laughs) you know it's the thing is is that church communities are incredibly useful and they're incredibly beneficial because they offer you a community of people who are kind of always willing to help right it can also come with a lot of shitty stuff i'm not saying that is not the case but i'm saying that in general having a third place in which you can go and you can ask people to help you move or you can ask people to do whatever. Like th- those are a really nice thing. And yet we don't necessarily get to take advantage of that. And we don't get necessarily get like the, um, oh my God, what do they call it? It just, it just like, it, there's the, the term that Christians use for community and conversation and stuff like that. And like, how, how nice would it be if beyond podcasts, we could, you know, really connect people. Mm-hmm. So I'm still floating the idea around of having a TSF retreat. Or a TSF religion. Just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) But a TSF retreat. And and just, you know, if you guys are interested in that kind of stuff, if you guys are doing things, I'm doing stuff at, at my land, which is like specific to the stuff that I channel and things like that. But if, you know, if, if y'all are interested, we're, we're kind of interested in being creative and how we're doing things. So, yeah. Yeah. We also did an Instagram live <coughs> that got deleted because of my, what did I do? Somehow it channeled. You channeled a radio, radio station. station to come on over. Oh my God. We had radio station frequencies overlap the footage or something. Yeah. It was really, really strange. We ended up putting it up on, um, on Patreon. Patreon. That was one of the benefits of, of getting a Patreon, got to see our IG live, but we did do a, a kind of recap of season th- four. Oh my God, I was about to say season three, season four on our IG Live. Right. And in there, we talked about a poem. Mm-hmm. You want to tell the poem what, that we talked about? I yeah. Like shouldn't be missed. Yes. Basically, there is, uh, if you guys look at our cover art, there is a hand coming out of a mirror dropping a key. And Anna and I, when we come up with our cover art, sometimes one person channels it. 
And then the other person's like, yeah, let's go. Like we also had the photos that we took on that one photo shoot a couple of years ago, or I guess like a year ago or so. <laughs> a couple of years ago. God, it feels like a fucking lifetime, right? I know. It's so long ago, but it was like literally eight months ago. Just kidding. It wasn't eight months ago, but. It was probably close to that. And then this one was one of those things where we just started putting together images and then we kind of came up with one and Anna had the components and I put them together to kind of drop the key and then she kind of refined it. So it was like this really just very like collaboratively channeled image. But it was so interesting because one of my clients and friends, he was like, did you mean to do that? Do you know the poem Dropping Keys? And I was like, I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. We just randomly kind of came yeah. up with this image. And the Dropping Keys... It, Dropping Keys meant a whole bunch to him. He even had a company named after Dropping Keys. Like, it was Dropping Keys LLC. Like, it had meant so so much to him. So when he saw the image, he was like, you must know about this. But this is the poem. It's by Hafiz. The small man builds cages for everyone. He knows while the sate... Oh, This is a poem called Dropping Keys by Hafiz. The small man builds cages for everyone he knows. While the sage, who has to duck his head when the moon is low, keeps dropping keys all night long for the beautiful, rowdy prisoners. That gives me chills. I love it. Yeah. So are we wise? (laughs) (laughs) Are we dropping keys? Are we dropping keys? I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe. I think we aspire to sometimes, but I feel like the way that we drop keys is like... We are also rowdy prisoners. (laughs) We're looking for gays. Yeah. And your dog's name is Keys. And my dog's name is Keys. My dog's name is Keys, yeah. I have some mixed feelings about my beauty-loved dog because he... Killed a pig today. He killed a pig today, which is just insane. Well, it's, it's his nature. Yeah, I know, but he always... He never crossed that line before, so... Didn't he kill turtles? He does, but the pigs were like, he should have known better. He's a smart dog, so we got it. We got it. We got to kind of pull it back. Anyway, we are totally all over the place tonight, <laughs> are we? <laughs> I love it. Um, mostly just because we're going to talk about. Well, actually, what was your favorite part of season four? Oh God, for me, it was the Jay Fields episode. Yeah. Which inspired you to take the course, which I didn't take because I was taking Leanne's Galela Collective course. So I opted not to take the Jay Fields course, and you took it. Yep. Um, which is, it's done now, right? Last night was last night, yeah. Oh yep. my gosh, yeah. I really want to learn a lot about that. But I think the Jay Fields episode was the my favorite part because one of the things I really struggled with before I got my diet under control it was my temper, which was like unmanageable during my PMDD days. I could manage it like at work and with the kids, but not with my husband, not with any anyone that I had like pent up unresolved things with. It's like it all would just explode. Yeah. And or husband. Yeah. And or you. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, sorry. Anyways, so uh, the Jay Fields episode was really good for me because it just helped me recognize that, that that was just coming from a dysregulated nervous system and it wasn't like my personality. Yeah. And yeah. that that was a big shift for me Yeah. to realize like, no, I need to take care of my nervous system when I feel like this versus I need to do spiritual work. It's like, no, this is a neurological thing. Yeah. This is not a spiritual thing. It's really good to understand the difference. I feel like there's a lot of self-love that can creep in pretty quickly when you start to recognize that actually overstimulation, whether whether you are more sensitive because you have some sort of sensitive processing thing or neurodivergence or whether it's just a cyclical thing that happens with your hormones, it feels like it doesn't feel like it's an endemic problem. Like It doesn't feel like it's like, oh my God, how much more spiritual work do I have to do to not lose my temper? And instead you're it's just like, like oh, oh yeah. I just need to understand how my nervous system works. Yeah. And I just need to do the little things, like the, the smaller things that get me back in my body and get me regulated mm-hmm. and, you know, per, you know, fix, you know, make it so that I'm not overstimulated or understimulated, which is usually what draws me to be, um, to go into kind of a dysregulated state. 
or whatever it is that gets you guys to do it. So that's great. Yeah. I wanted to share my experience yesterday. Yeah. So like this kind of wraps in the Jay Fields episode and the trauma bonding episode. All in one is that I had an interaction with someone who we could call a narcissistic abuser. Like I, I don't want to say who this person is, right? That has known how to trigger me before. Yeah. But it was like all of a sudden I was in a situation interacting with this person where they were they were abusing me. I could see it. They were like shouting obscenities at me and cuss words at me and being unfair and and very unregulated at me and saying things that in the past would have totally triggered me to become mobilized and go on the defense and go on the attack. But like two things happened. One, I I was observing my nervous system responding and I was just focusing on my breath and staying in my body. And two, I was able to see through that trauma bond episode that this was like the clear cut abuser tactic trap. And it was because I knew it was a trap, I didn't step in the trap. Mm -hmm. And it felt amazing. And they're just like going off at me and yelling at me and shit. And I'm just like, this feels so good. (laughs) I know it sounds crazy, but it feels so good to like sit here and watch this. And it's just going right through me. Like Mm -hmm. I'm not reacting. I'm not mobilized. I'm not taking any of this personally. I can just see like, this is an abuser. This is their shit. This is their trap. I see where I used to get trapped and I'm not getting trapped anymore. And I felt so good. And I'm like giggling under my breath. And they're like, stop, shut the fuck up. And I'm just like laughing to myself because I'm like, wow, like the entitlement of the abuser mentality is like insane. Yeah. But the point was that felt amazing. Yeah. And I think it has a lot to do with the Jay Fields episode and that trauma bond episode. Like if you get triggered by certain assholes go listen to that episode yeah no that's wonderful and we're gonna have jay fields on again this season i'm I'm, excited she's gonna be in our growing up series which i am super excited growing up series is gonna happen right at the beginning of the season and i am really excited about it because we're gonna talk about kind of more of the subtle nuance of not like the big massive primal wounds or the big massive whatever but it's like after you do this work how are you moving to a place where you're just finding a better way of relating to other people, mm-hmm. right? How are, you, how are you changing the more subtle things that aren't so very, very obvious that's like, oh, that's my abandonment wound and I'm super codependent. It's like, actually, maybe I am just really bad about rule breaking when I'm really angry. Right. And I break the rules when I'm really angry. That doesn't mean that there's, this may not, that may, that may not be a problem and that may be whatever. It's you're growing up into a different way of relating and you're recognizing that no matter how dysregulated you get, it's not okay to do certain things. And you start acting in that way. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I was just thinking like maybe at the end of that series, I, I would have not been laughing at this person when they're yelling at me. I would have done something more grown up. But I was just like, <laughs> well, no, I actually don't know if that's the case. I feel like I feel like when somebody is abusing you, if you are able to keep your own, and it's just exactly like Eric again. Whenever I come over here, Eric's always brought up because he always has something that's very like wise in the time that we're having dinner and kind of preparing for episodes. But Eric was. Eric was trying to reframe something that I've recently experienced. My husband. Did you say he's my husband? I, I didn't. But yes, it's it's your husband. He was trying to reframe something that I had experienced to be like, how absurd can you make this so that suddenly you find the humor in it? Because when you find the humor in it, that's where your power comes in. Yeah. Right? I guess that's true when you can find the humor in things. Right? And so if we're talking about the third chakra this season, if we've been going along the chakras laughter and power all sit right in that third chakra oh really that makes sense because when you laugh your your diaphragm yeah yeah exactly and we'll get to that in a second um but yeah so those are really good episodes from season four yeah that you did that Um, what's your favorite well so if i were to give the mature answer I felt that the Father Wound series was the most beneficial for me in my life lessons 
but it really fucking sucked to go through it. Oh, yeah. So I don't really want to say that's like the mature thing. Um, I, and I, you know, there were a couple of like difficult things going on last season that I like kind of had some things with for sure. The NDE episode was awesome. I think that's what you said on IG Live was one of your favorite was the NDE episode. The one that I felt like I really enjoyed doing the most, just like from a pure creation perspective, was the Art of War episode, just because like it really challenged me to like think of things. Oh, yeah. And I really enjoyed doing that. So, So, yeah, one of the things we're looking forward to doing in this season is the growing up episode. And I have this quote from Osho that I love. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He says, I'm paraphrasing, he says something like, everybody grows old but not everybody grows up yes yes that's that's totally where we're going with it which is just and so jay is going to be coming in and and we're going to be asking her to kind of talk about different more more grown-up more autonomous ways of relating with other people we're going to be talking we're going to be bringing in someone to talk about parenting and the different types of parenting Mm -hmm. which is pretty cool as well and we're going to have a sexual abuse survivor doctor coach Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. We're going to be talking about marrying yourself. <laughs> oh, and money wounds. Money wounds. That's right. We're going to be talking about money wounds. Yeah. Yeah. We got a lot in store. Yeah. So, so wait, are we just recapping? We're going to go into live? the third chakra now. Okay, go. So we are talking about the third chakra, which we mentioned. And the third chakra is this really fascinating thing. It's it's called Manipura in, in Sanskrit. And that's the name of the chakra. And it is basically, they call it the navel chakra, but really it kind of sits right there where your ribs come together. It's Mm -hmm. kind of in that space in between there. And it is your power center. It's called your solar plexus chakra as well. And it's called your solar plexus, meaning it's the center of your sun. It's basically that. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, so the solar plexus means that the the where everything kind of meets in there it's where your diaphragm is which is obviously what what moves the breathing and the life throughout your body things along those lines and the third chakra is unique in the fact that it is the it basically the what they what in some yogic practices and this is something that the Swami that I learned under used to say is that the distance between the, the greatest distance between any chakra is between the third and the fourth chakra. Oh, interesting. Because the third, the distance between the third and the fourth chakra is the distance of surrender. Right? Mm-hmm. So chakras one, two, and three are all usually shadow. It's, it's a lot of dealing with your shadow. It's a lot of dealing, you know, so it's so, you know, our corresponding shadow chakra shadow chakras, our primal wounds, our humiliation for the first chakra, abandonment for the second chakra and betrayal for the third chakra. Right. So those are, those are pretty, I mean, all the primal wounds are hefty, but those are, those are, those are pretty, usually have to do a lot with like younger child things going along those lines. Mm-hmm. So the idea is that the first three chakras are very involved in human and humanness in the third dimension and then all of a sudden you go from the third to the fourth chakra and you surrender and that's when you come into love Mm. and that's why it's the greatest distance between them there's a wonderful book by dan millman who wrote the way of the peaceful warrior which we did an episode on in the first season Um, i think it was like episode eight or nine in the first season but he has a sequel to that which is the sacred the sacred journey of the peaceful warrior and it's a different story that is it's loosely based on reality but it's more kind of more intentional in what it's saying and it's really interesting cuz he describes the journey up the chakra in the in that book it takes place in Hawaii on on Molokai and he talks about how Going through the first three chakras is usually you're going to be dealing with a lot of shadow. You're going to be dealing with a lot of different things in your past and kind of the blocks that you're experiencing. And what what the 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 Kahuna that he's working with at in on this island in Molokai basically says is that once you get to the third chakra, you have to wait at the door of the third chakra until you have a heart opening experience, right? So. For instance, you know, one of the examples that they do is that, you know, a lot of people do service 
And they say they're doing it because of love or they say you're doing it with whatever. But one of the things that they talk about is that when you're sitting in the third chakra, any service you do is often out of duty. It's often out of a sake, a sense of duty. And then it's only when you kind of keep doing service out of duty that eventually you start to have a heart opening experience. This is one way you can have a heart opening experience and you move from service for duty to service for love. Right. And that's kind of that surrender process. There's a lot of ways of going through it, but you know, we're kind of standing right on the precipice between those levels of reality right now when we talk about the third chakra. Anna, do you want to talk about some of the things that might happen if you have a blocked third chakra? Yes, a blocked third chakra, which would just mean there's tangled up stuff in there keeping your wiring from flowing in the right direction, would be to manifest in the physical body in a variety of ways. These include improper processing of nutrients because it's right in the you know upper stomach and intestine areas. The, the digestive area, I should just say. <laughs> yeah. Improper processing of nutrients, constipation, irritable bowel syndrome, eating disorders, ulcers, diabetes, issues with the pancreas, liver disease, diseases of the colon. You want me to keep going or no? Yeah. Say the mental signs. Okay. What, are there mental signs as well? Oh, great that you ask because I have <laughs> it right here. Difference in skilled self-expression. Difficulty, look at that, I can't even say it. <laughs> Difficulty in skilled self-expression, aggressive, overly rigid or controlling behavior, <coughs> abuser, quick to anger, victim mentality, neediness, lack of direction, feeling afraid or lacking courage, poor self-esteem, feelings of stagnation or inertia. Right. So that lines up really, really well with the shadow chakra of the third chakra, which is betrayal. So things that the betrayal wound, the mask of the betrayal wound is, is the, is the controller, mm-hmm. right? And one of the things that we've talked about in the past with the primal wounds is that the betrayal wound is like the same side of the coin as the abandonment wound, but the abandonment wound is more of a passive controller. They're trying to rescue continually in order to make themselves indispensable, whereas the betrayer the one who's experiencing the betrayal wound is more of an active role in which they are actively controlling by, by, well, by just controlling. So they come across more as a persecutor or more as an active controller and less as a rescuer. Mm-hmm. What are things you can do to align your navel of chakra, your third chakra? Uh, well, listen to this season, <laughs> listen to this season. I mean, seriously, in a lot of ways, I think growing up, when we talk about growing up, we're moving from that third to that fourth chakra, right? We're basically moving. We have an awareness of our shadow. We have an awareness of the things that we maybe still have to process, but we're able to have an awareness and keep that awareness and still do what we need to do in the right way. Like in the way that that makes us love our, ourselves more, right? That makes us not like regret what we said or do things along those lines. It doesn't mean that you don't always have that experience, but being able to recognize that you have process, you have things to process and you're not allowing those wounds to ruin, to govern you, to completely take you for a ride, like riding, riding with a wild horse being dragged along the back of a wild horse. You know, that's, Mm -hmm. that's kind of what we're talking about when we talk about this. So listening to this season is good. And it is about humor you know, finding, mm-hmm. finding a place. Humor is a really great way to gain power in a situation to, to ha- understand your own self power. It's about creating healthy boundaries. It's about, you know, healthy, alive boundaries, dynamic boundaries, right? In which you're, you're not too rigid, but you're able to really like breathe into the life of, of the boundary and recognize why you have it. You know, it may find that you're, you're, marrying yourself or you're reparenting yourself or you're doing any of these different things that you are kind of ready to move into a different level of existence when you kind of come into that place of love in which you're moving forward so uh you want to talk about bhakti because we have a corresponding yoga that aligns yoga practice that aligns with it as well you want to talk about bhakti yeah well just to like go into it first just to explain a little bit of background you know people think of yoga they think oh i'm gonna go to a yoga studio and do all these turns and twists to like do stuff there's different types of yoga right you have 
like jhana yoga would be mental yoga and that would be for the third eye or the crown chakra right yeah and then you have you have like kundalini yoga which would have been for the second chakra Mm -hmm. and what we yeah we also did tantra and we did tantra okay we did tantra yeah and we we kind of did so i think we said that tantra was the first Hatha was the second, Hatha and Kundalini, okay. right? Because it was kind of all about the movement of that energy. And then we're saying that, uh, and then, yeah, you're right, Jhana sits in the third. We have this in a list No, Jhana is the... Sorry, the third eye. Yeah, third that, eye. That's what I meant, the third eye, not the third chakra. But it was interesting because we chose Bhakti to sit in the third chakra because it felt like it was a waiting in devotion like the practice of bhakti is the practice of devotion. Mm-hmm. It's waiting to be in, entered into the heart. Right. So to give you a little background, you know, I love, I love like everyone is so different. <laughs> everyone is so different. Like if you take that quiz, we talk about it in Ainsley McLeod's episode, the past life regression medium, you know, he, you can take a quiz on his website where you're like, what is my soul uh, configuration? It's like, oh, well, you know, I'm 30% warrior. I'm 40% caregiver and I'm 20%, my math is all wrong here. My, and I'm a 30%, you know, spiritualist or whatever. Yeah. And it's really interesting because, you know, like I have friends and they'll tell me about like their husband doing this really sweet caregiving thing. And my husband is not a caregiver. Like mm-hmm. he's just, it's its not in him. Like he would, he would buy Campbell's soup, chicken soup for a sick kid. But like he would never go to the kitchen and just start making soup. Or like if someone dropped their kid off, like I'm going to be asking, I'm, I'm more caregiver than him, right? I'm going to be asking like, what kind of foods they like to eat? Do they have any food allergies? Like what do they like to do? Like... I'm like caregiving and nurturing, but my husband isn't. And you could like look on the outside and be like, well, he, that would suck to not like be married to a caregiver type. But like, no, he's got the warrior in him. I don't have warrior. Yeah. Maybe I have like 5%, but yeah. he's like, he's like 50% warrior. You know, like he gets it done. He work. he works hard. He fights. Like he's got all these amazing warrior traits that I don't have. And so it's nice to look at people as like these puzzles that like, yeah, your husband might have been great at doing the baby newborn night duty and changing all the diapers because he's got caregiver in him. But, you know, another husband might be good at, not just husbands, but just like people in general. Like we, we have these different makeups and percentages of, of what we're made of. And that's why we're all so unique and different. We all have different strengths. So with that being said, jhana yoga, like the mentalist yoga, isn't for everyone. I know I would be fucking bored as fuck. Asking, who am I? Who am I? I've done it. That's freaking, yeah. Yeah. But like, yeah. So, and then, you know, hatha yoga might not be for you or this or that. But then you have bhakti yoga. And that's like the perfect one for people who are very caregiver-centered. Yeah. Service-centered. Yeah. So what is bhakti yoga? Oh, so I didn't even say what it was. No, no, you didn't say what it is. Yeah, what is it? Okay, so bhakti yoga is the type of yoga that is devotional worship directed towards a supreme deity, which could be like a Hindu god, or it could just be God itself or the God inside you, right? So it's about devotion. From the Encyclopedia Britannica, it is a movement emphasizing the mutual intense emotional attachment and love a devotee has towards a personal God and or the God for the devotee. So this is about a holy relationship. So instead of philosophy, which would be for like a mentalist type person or hatha yoga which is like posturing for a more athletic person or whatever right this is for the person who is very devotion centered service centered caring centered right so and it's similar to karma yoga in a lot of ways because karma yoga is karma yoga is traditionally thought of as service yoga right and bhakti is like being completely devoted to a deity Right. Like it's like it's 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 a matter of it's similar to to in Buddhism where, you know, you have the 
the people who support the monks, the Buddhist monks, especially in Theravatan Buddhism in Thailand, right, where there's all these women who can't become monks. They can't become nuns themselves. Like, there are very few nuns. But their their practices and their devotion to supporting the monks, mm-hmm. right? I don't know. Is that kind of it? Is that, or am I wrong? Would that be bhakti? Or would that be karma? I think yoga. that would be karma yoga. Right. So so bhakti is, is utter devotion to a, to a deity, yeah? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's like joy. It's like laughter. It ties okay. up perfectly with that. It's joy. It's laughter. It's connection with the divine. It comes from the root word baj, which means to serve unconditionally, and it's turning toward the supreme with a loving heart. There are nine different types of bhakti. And I'm going to go through them just to give a little flavor. And we're going to do a whole episode on bhakti later. So there's nine different types of bhakti. So there's nine different ways to be devotional, right? Shravana is listening to the divine name or stories of saints and God. So it's basically lending your ear to receive, like letting your ear let it in. And then you have kirtana, which is actually singing the name of God. We had a whole episode with Krishna Das, which is a famous kirtan singer not a singer, chanter, and he chants the name of God, and that's his form of devotion, right? And through that chanting, you are transformed. That's his whole mission. Yep. Marana is remembrance of God in all his forms with steadfast faith and devotion without nurturing material desire. And Vedantaism, it's meditation on the self with a capital, capital S, or it's constant repetition of a mantra with a sacred name. Pada Sevana is service at the feet of the Lord or to a living guru. So that would probably be the example you were giving of the nuns, like yeah. servicing the monks or someone who is... The based, lay people servicing the lay The lay people, yeah, yeah. Who are like, and the people who like dust the feet of the guru and all that stuff. I love those, those oftentimes women who are cleaning the temples in Thailand. They always have the broom and they're just sweeping like and you can tell that they're in meditation when they do it. It's such a beautiful thing to watch. Arcana is worship to beseech divine blessings. So this would be to for example a deity is invoked and they're given a ceremonial bath and dressed up or you could turn inwards and worship inside without actually doing any of these physical ritualistic things yep. worship the self inside bandana is devotional gesture of prostration before a deity or guru or holy person so it would be surrendering your mind and body soul to god to take refuge in him i believe that's when you do the kowtow bowing yeah 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 when i was in um so humility in that one. When I was in Lhasa in Tibet, they had these. They had this temple. It was like in the old city, and and when you're in Lhasa, there's like the new city and the old city, and the new city is like all Chinese and it's all very modern looking, and then the the old city is like where there's mostly pre, you know predominantly Tibetans um, who are there, and there's this temple there where you can where people will pilgrimage so like they'll pilgrimage across all of Tibet to kind of get to this one monastery that's in the middle of this kind of main square and it was I mean I was there 10 years ago 11 years ago something like that and it was it was sad because you know there's like Chinese troops with guns on the top of like every building but it was like a summer this was like a winter after they had had all the riots like the the monks had done the self immolation and had like you know started to to try and get the attention of everybody to say like this is the kind of thing but it was just so amazing because these people will have walked for so far to pilgrimage to this particular monastery and then they would just kowtow and they would do the full like up as high as they could go and then down all the way with their head down to the ground and they would just do it there would be a hundred people there at all hours of the day just doing this to that monastery because they had like finally reached this pilgrimage place and it was just, it was quite inspiring to see. Is it like doing burpees? Like just up and down? Is burp, burpees like squat thrust? That's what they used to call them. Is it like where you like jump up and yeah. then you do a push up? It's kind of like that. Yeah. And they're just doing that over and over and over, over and over and over and over again. Yeah. Sometimes it's 108 times. Sometimes it's a lot more than that. 
I think I wanted to say there's like a lot more, but I don't remember the exact number. It was like 108 of 108 or something like that. You know what I mean? Like you have to do each one 108 times. And you have to, it, it was some ridiculous number and they would just do that at all hours of the day and night. They'd be doing it. Oh my gosh. When I used to do Ashtanga yoga, my, my teacher, when the main guy of Ashtanga yoga died or was his birthday or something, we went to this park and we did 108 sun salutations. Were you exhausted? I don't think so. No? I don't know. I think it only took an hour. Oh, wow. That's amazing. That's crazy, yeah. I think. That's crazy, man. Crazy, man. We got to watch too much TikTok. So, Bhakti's always been your jam, hasn't it? I think Bhakti is my jam. Yeah. I had that. I had this experience in India where I felt like God was making love to me, you know, and... And I was laughing, and my kundalini was rising, and I'm giggling and shaking in ecstasy for hours. And I felt like God and I were married, and it was like a very sexual, romantic, beautiful thing. And I'm laughing. I was like laughing hysterically. Yeah. And um, I feel like bhakti is my jam because I do have that majority caregiver in me, and so like you know, it's funny because you we talk sometimes about like distribution of household chores and like the percentages and like whatever and all that, the justice and equity inequities and for the most part I see it like this is my service, this is my spiritual practice. Like it was funny this morning. I'll give you a funny example. This morning I needed to I wanted to mop the floors, but I didn't want to get the whole mop out and all that. So what I did was I I I just wet a rag. And I filled it with hot water and fabuloso. Mm-hmm. And I turned on that song, Whistle While You Work, from mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> Whistle While You Work. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And I thought, I'm just going to mop the floor, get on my hands and knees, and mop this floor while I'm singing this song to put love into my home. Yeah. And I, and I you know, that's a form of bhakti. Yeah. That's so, oh God, that's so interesting because... I just, uh, I've just kind of been coming to the realization. I've been having a lot of difficulty at work just because I, you know, I'm really wanting to do more work with clients and I'm really pulled in a lot of different directions at the moment. And my company is going through a bit of a, of, of just a, a lot of change is going on in my mm-hmm. company at the moment. And people, <laughs> right, whistle while you work. That's exactly kind of what I've been told by I, I went and saw Robbie today for quite some time because I'm in Atlanta. Our shaman. Our shaman, yes. And Wait, did she tell you whistle while you work? What she told me was she told me that the stillness and the devotion of of recognizing that that by adding as much to your presence as possible, right? Like to be completely present in in acting as the light or whatever you want to call it that that is a service in and of itself, right? That like by devoting yourself and like, you know, kind of putting love into the work itself, like putting me, putting love and light into my job is a job. Do you see what I'm saying? It's yeah. kind of like what it's you're saying. Spirit, it's, yeah. it's like, it's like whistling while you work. Yeah. It's like one thing to clean your life. house and it's another thing to like infuse your house with love. Right. It's like, it, and it's like, if I create you a feel spreadsheet. feel it when you walk into my home? I, well, I was a little distracted when I first walked into your home, but I'm <laughs> sure I did. Does my home have a loving feel? Right. And it's, and it, for me, it's What like, if I'm doing all this work and it like, my house feels like shit? <laughs> <laughs> no, your house feels good. Your house feels good. But it's a matter of like the spreadsheet. If I'm doing this spreadsheet and I'm like absolutely fucking loving that spreadsheet, even if the things on the spreadsheet aren't that useful, then maybe the work that I'm putting into the, the spreadsheet for now is useful. You're infusing it with something. I'm, de- I'm showing a devotion to the, the thing itself, not necessarily how productive or valued it is in terms of productivity. Well, you know, it's interesting because my... God, it's all fitting in together. But the day before I was going to see that abuser, yeah. like I knew that I was going to have to see this abuser. And so I was getting anxious a little bit. Yeah. I was like, how is it going to be? And that day, my son wakes up at 5 a.m. laughing hysterically in his sleep. And I said, what are, what, wait, what are you dreaming? He goes, I just had the funniest dream. I said, what was your dream? He says... I made a bet with the plants and I lost, so I had to feed the plants my Halloween candy. <laughs> and I said, well, did they have mouths or did you just throw them in the soil? And he was like, no, they had mouths and I was throwing candy in their mouth. 
And I was like, oh my gosh, this dream is meant for me. It yeah. was telling me, like, as I prepare to see this abuser, to throw my candy. And this sounds funny. I had to just throw my candy into the earth. What does that mean? It means take your garbage and and serve it as a gift. Yeah. And so, like, I see candy as garbage, right? Because it's just sugar and chemicals. So, so, like, I went outside and I took all that fear about coming into contact with this, you know, old abuser. And, um, and I was just feeding the plants and I was singing to the plants and I was telling my, I was having this epiphany that like, it didn't matter if I gave my plants sadness or rage or anxiety or whatever, if I just gave it to them, they were going to take it as energy and turn it into something beautiful. Yeah. That's the compost. It's like the mother composting. Yeah. So like maybe that's the same thing with your spreadsheet. Like as, as long as you put it in there intentionally that it is going to be transformed into something good it it the energy you put into it changes yeah yeah i think that's it i think i think that it's a level of alchemy that we're working with i would love to actually do an episode on alchemy this season we can talk about whether that's the case because alchemy is a really i you know i studied chemistry and i was just talking with somebody this week about alchemy and how i always wished i could have been an alchemist instead because alchemy is about you know, it's not about turning, you know, lead into gold, like that's, or creating the elixir of life, like as an actual physical thing. It's not like this philosopher's stone or the sorcerer's stone from Harry Potter. It's not like that, right? It's alchemy is the process of using what we could traditionally think of as chemical processes like dissolution and fermentation calcination and all sorts of things like there's seven different processes that can do have physical equivalence in terms of actual labs but the idea is about how recognizing that if you're putting the effort into something even if it is a spreadsheet or even if it is mopping your floor you're putting an effort yeah yeah or feeding plants you're putting you're putting an intention into it which says I'm releasing this to become whatever it needs to become, to become purified. Like the the mother will take it and purify it. The house will take it as energy, you know, that's there. And I I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. That's what I I, I get the feeling. And and so we'll see. I'm really excited about this season. I'm I'm excited to re-engage in a new... I love it how you were talking about having sex with God. Because remember a couple of weeks ago when I was like... I'm suddenly attracted to Archangel Michael. What's going on? <laughs> and you're like, it's okay. I think of I think of God as my partner, right? Yeah. Well, that and then I've also been having dreams about falling in love with murderers. Robbie was talking to me about warding dreams and how to about start what? warding your dreams. What does warding mean? Warding is like setting. <laughs> it's probably I listen to way too many side I read way too many fantasy novels. I'm going to look War- at warding. Warding is where you basically set up a, a guard, right? Oh yeah. You set up a guard a in, against a ward against your against anything coming into your dreams because it's when you're the most unconscious. Oh. Um, could it work if you just say I, you know, I want to be protected? I think that's like one aspect of it, but I think that there's a level of having to like re up and actually become lucid in your dreams. Okay. To the extent where you're able to actually fight things that would be attacking you otherwise. <laughs> My friend told me this funny thing. She said she saw a TikTok and it was about lucid dreaming. It says when you're in a dream and you start to know you're dreaming, just ask anybody around you, what time is it and what's the date? And if you do that, you're going to be amazed by what happens. So she said she was having a really bad dream where this woman was chasing her. And she turns around and she's like, I'm in a fucking dream. I know I'm dreaming and this woman won't leave me alone. So she turns around and she looks at her and she goes, what day is it? Like she was like, <laughs> like she was like, like a weapon. Yeah. And the lady looked at her with like terror in her eyes and ran the other direction. <laughs> It's amazing. I've heard I've heard other scary stories on TikTok about that as well of like of of like they don't want you to know it's a dream and like if they if the dream starts to re- recognize you're dreaming then you'll start to get like it'll start to get all funky and weird like that. But I don't think that's every time. I don't think that's every time. I just think that it's like it's just an interesting practice, right? Is to just like 
Yeah, it's just another what level of things. What day to do. is it? What day is it? <laughs> what time is it? She's like, when she said it, she was like basically saying, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. And I love it how the person who was chasing you ran away. That's what happens. That's what happens so much. We were talking, you know, we had our Halloween episode last week where we were talking about like hauntings and things like that. And ultimately, y'all are really fucking powerful. We're all really fucking powerful. And the more that we can just be like, say, what time is it coming from that power center and being like, I'm really fucking powerful. Or, or just sitting in your chair laughing hysterically while someone loses their shit on you. Yeah. There's so much power in that. And, and, then, and then you're so slippery. Nothing can attach to you. Yeah. Nothing can attach to you. So I think we have a good, good season coming yeah, up. Yeah, stay tuned. We got good stuff coming. Yep. And we love you. Thanks for being part of our community. Yep. Take care, y'all. Thank you for listening to this episode of This Spiritual Fix. If you haven't joined us on Patreon, we are going to be doing some pretty interesting things here. We're going to give you the two tiers, and then we're going to continue to offer you extra downloads as well as early access to episodes. So it helps support us, and you get benefits too. And remember, humility, gratitude, acceptance, done. Hello, TSF family. It's Christina here. In our journey of self-discovery, Anna and I have explored numerous tools and processes, just as many of you have during this TSF journey with us. The community of beautiful souls we've connected with both energetically and in reality is truly awe-inspiring. Thank you for being a part of it. Now, I invite you to join me this fall in 2023 for my Zoom course, Redeeming Your Inner Villain Transformation Circle. Over the past year, I've channeled and undergone a transformational journey in redeeming my inner villainy, which I'll talk about later this season. But we'll be shifting in this course our perspective to recognize our role in villainizing the aspects of ourselves that perpetuate the drama triangle, both internally and externally. This process has enabled me to unravel and love parts of myself that once villainized, my neurodivergence, my maladaptive behaviors, among other things. Embark on this journey of self-love with me. I'm currently offering free 30-minute exploration calls for those interested in this opportunity or who just want to catch up. Visit www.chriswilsey.com and click begin my quest to schedule your call. And remember, our TSF family receives a special 10% discount on this course when you choose to sign up. Join me in redeeming your inner villain and embracing self-love like never before. Don't miss this chance to transform your perspective and your life. Visit www.chriswiltsy.com today. Thanks, y'all. Let me tell y'all a riddle. There are four girls and four apples in a basket. Every girl takes an apple, yet one apple remains in the basket. How is this possible? The answer... One girl took the basket. She took the last apple while it was in the basket. Sometimes all it takes is a perspective shift. This is my specialty, y'all, and I am opening up two spots in the next two months for dedicated journeyers to work with me to find peace, purpose, and most importantly, perspective. In these journeys, we co-create a curriculum that suits your current blocks, goals, and needs, and we use all the tools, shadow work, books, fiction, remote viewing, intuition, meditation, guided journeys, energy healing, dreaming techniques, you name it, we do it, and all to achieve a commonly held set of objectives. And if you're interested in hearing more, Book a free call with me at www.chriswilty.com forward slash discover.